TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. But he drives this one to right field. Back to watch it go as hands on. This is 40. There truly is no words to describe this man, Shohei Otani. A walk, stolen base, and then a rocket home run, number four of the season. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse. Let's see what the Cubs and Sox are doing in the offseason on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. And the big news or non-news, of course, involves the guy who just hit uh, his 40th home run courtesy Ballet Sports. That was Shohei Otani from this past season. Aware... Will he end up? We attempt to find out, and we're going to talk some great baseball uh, coming up next here with uh, one of uh, the Blue Jays' longtime broadcasters. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And we now hop out, Bruce, to the Score Hotline, presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Just inducted and in getting the Jack Graney Award for the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, our friend Buck Martinez. Nice enough to join us on Inside Clubhouse on a Saturday morning to talk some baseball. Good morning, Buck. First of all, congratulations on the award. I know it's an esteemed award there, and uh, you are well-deserving of it, my friend. Good morning, Bruce and Mike. Um, Thank you for having me on. Yeah, this time of the year is pretty interesting, and uh, I certainly am honored to be included with many broadcasters and writers uh, that have received the Jack Graney Award in the past, and uh, a tremendous honor, and I'm very, very pleased. I wonder, uh, first off, what the reaction might have been like. I know, I know you live in Florida in the off season, but uh, you know, know the Toronto uh, area so well, and the people, the sports fans there. What do you think the uh, the thought? What what was the process like? Do you think uh, with all of this reporting and uh, eventually inaccurate reporting about Otani coming to Toronto yesterday. Well, unfortunately, there's a lot of inaccurate reporting in this day and age. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it was interesting because uh, I, I talked to, uh, I was in Nashville, of course, for the winter meetings, and I talked to several of Vujay's writers, and uh, yesterday morning I spoke to Shai Davidi of Rogers Sportsnet, and he said, yeah, there's a plane leaving Anaheim, and we're trying to get the tail number and see who's on the plane, and Obviously, we found out later that it was a shark. It wasn't a DH. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of interesting, but that's the type of intrigue. And you know what? Otani and his uh, agency has done a terrific job of keeping everything close to the vest. You know, he hasn't really talked about any of this free agency since August. And uh, it, it's very difficult to really figure out 
what he wants, what are his priorities, where he wants to play. And uh, obviously we know it's going to be a big check, that's for sure. But uh, there are definite links to the Blue Jays. And first and foremost, uh, Yusei Kikuchi and Otani played at the same high school in Japan. And they had the same high school coach. So there's that link. And in fact, they went so far as yesterday reporting that Kikuchi had made a reservation at a sushi restaurant for 50 people. And obviously, uh, 50 different people, I guess. But anyway, uh, <laughs> lots of rumors out there. And until the Blue Jays get to the podium, I don't think we're going to know anything about what uh, what's next for Otani. No, and Buck, it's funny, too, because with all the reporting yesterday, you start envisioning a Blue Jays lineup with Otani in it. And you've already got some, some mashers in that lineup with Vlad Jr. and Bichette. But, man, Otani would fit right in there. And, and that would probably have to be then one of the most feared, if not the most feared lineup in baseball, if he's, you're able to add him. You know, Mike, he would probably do that to any ball club. I mean, he's a, a terrific player, probably the best player we've ever seen. And uh, to be able to do what he has done, you know, everybody poo-pooed the idea that he won't be able to pitch and hit, and he's done both extremely well. So uh, you could plug him into just about any lineup. He's going to make them uh, one of the best lineups in baseball. Uh, what he has done at the plate is, is really remarkable. He didn't have much of an adjustment period. Uh, when he first came over, uh, you know, he jumped right in, and you know, he was he was uh, relatively young in his uh, in his early days. He was 23 when he came over, and uh, you know, he had 22 home runs his first year. But since he's had a 46 homer season or a 44 home run season, so he's a pretty special hitter. And then you factor in what he can do when he's healthy as a pitcher. It's a unique player that we've not seen anything like it. Uh, before and I doubt we'll ever see anything like it after. One of the great baseball announcers and great baseball people in our industry, Buck Martinez, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse today for a few more minutes. And Buck, you, you have this you have the Michael Jordan of baseball sport right now. Not only a uh, a star as far as Canada and the United States goes, but an international star who's played in the big leagues for six years. And other than the fact that he's a world-class pitcher and a world-class hitter, we know nothing about the guy. Uh, I wonder, from a marketing standpoint for Major League Baseball, what can be done or anything can be done to be able to actually get more uh, an idea of who this man is and what he does? Or does that add to the mystique of one of the great combination players in history since Babe Ruth. You know, Bruce, I, I think it kind of adds to the mystique. When you think about it in this day and age, we know everything about everybody in any field, whether it's entertainment or business or sports, and, and it's kind of too bad because these athletes don't have any privacy at all. And I think that's another thing that uh, Toronto offers as a destination for Shohei Otani is the uh, way that the situation is, is downtown with the Rogers Center right in the midst of uh, high-rise condos and many, many wonderful hotels and restaurants within blocks of the ballpark. You remember Mark Burley when he went from Miami to Toronto kicking and screaming. He didn't want to go to Toronto. He didn't want anything to do with Toronto. And by the time he got there, he recognized what a special environment it was. And within weeks, he was becoming a recruiter for Toronto. He told me personally that uh, when he played in Chicago, you know, it took him uh, sometimes an hour, an hour and a half to get home after a ball game. 
He said, when I played in Toronto, I'd be on my couch in seven minutes. So it's a pretty special place. And in that regard, I think that offers a special situation for Shohei Otani. Uh, the renovations of the stadium are ongoing right now. There was a first phase that was completed last year before opening day. The second phase is, is unbelievable in what they're doing. Uh, they're going to totally remake the bottom bowl of the stadium, and they've gone down 40 feet below the surface of the stadium to add luxury boxes and clubs and increase the clubhouse, and uh, the facilities are phenomenal. So it's uh, it's a good situation. Certainly he knows what L.A. is all about. He played for the Angels and obviously knows what the Dodgers are all about. Uh, Chicago has been mentioned, of course, and it's on the rise uh, as far as their ball club. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I don't think it's going to go on much longer. But getting back to your initial question about privacy, I think he's always been very private. And, and I, I respect that. I think that's very cool because so many of these guys want to be a brand. They want to have their name out there. They're on Instagram and X and Snapchat and everything. And, and Otani uh, doesn't want any of that. He just wants to play baseball. Talking with Buck Martinez from Blue Jays Television, Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer. And uh, Buck, another free agent that's out there uh, that you've had the pleasure of seeing up close uh, last year. And, and before that, Matt Chapman, uh, a third baseman at... Fits in, a, fits in a lot of spots. He's an all-star player. Uh, what can you tell our, our Chicago baseball listeners about Chapman and what he brings to a team? Well, Matt Chapman is a, obviously one of the best third basemen we've ever seen. He's a remarkable third baseman that has had uh, tremendous success over the years. He won another gold glove this year. He's a four-time gold glover, two-time platinum award winner. Um, he had a phenomenal month of April. He was American League Player of the Month in April. I believe he hit 370 in April. But, but he really tailed off offensively in the remainder of the season. But he still put up good numbers. He had 39 doubles and 17 home runs. But he's going to be a, a sought-after free agent for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to San Francisco. His former manager, Bob Melvin, is there. His former third base coach, Matt Williams, is there. He played for Oakland all those years, and uh, that wouldn't surprise me if he signs as a free agent with the Giants. Managing in Toronto has become a difficult process. There doesn't seem to be a very solid situation. I had heard rumblings that before Craig Council was hired by the Chicago Cubs at the Toronto Blue Jays were putting their foot in the water and checking out the viability of him possibly coming there. Why is it so tough up there right now, Buck? And, uh, you know, is it are the expectations that much higher now for Toronto fans, considering the fact that uh, they've had a good young team and have had just marginal success over the past few years? Bruce, I think managing anywhere in the big leagues right now is very challenging, uh, no matter who you are, because of the uh, introduction of analytics. And the front offices have blown up to a degree where, you know, when you see the postseason and you see the introductions of the teams during the postseason, it seems as there there's more assistance than there are players. And, um, you know, that's unfortunate because the game is played on the field, and once the game starts, it's all about the athletic ability of the players, and it doesn't have anything to do with the analytics or the preparation or anything else. And uh, it's difficult for anybody to manage, and I, and I applaud Bruce Bochy for coming back. And uh, last year, Dusty Baker had tremendous success as an old-school manager, and, and Bochy followed suit this year with the Texas Rangers. 
The game is an art. It is not a science. And if it were a science, you could produce baseball players in a lab. Baseball players have heart and soul and conviction, and they react to what is going on during the course of a game. And yeah, uh, John Snyder was put in a very difficult spot when he had to take out Jose Barrios in game two of that wild card series. And Barrios was pitching against his former team, pitching as well as he had at any point since becoming a Blue Jay. And they took him out of the game. And, uh, you know, John was forced to make that move, and Barrios had to come out of the game. Minnesota wins the game. I believe John Snyder is a terrific manager, and I think he'll get better and better as he gains more freedom. And, uh, you know, he got DeMarlo Hale in there this year as a, a assistant manager. He's got Don Mattingly changing roles as an offensive coordinator. And I think John Snyder is one of the up-and-coming managers, and I think he's going to do a terrific job, and I, I just think he needs more freedom. Last few minutes here with Buck Martinez from Blue Jays TV. And, Buck, you'll be heartened to know we're getting a lot of texts uh, here, you know, people saying how much they enjoy hearing you on the MLB app, on MLB TV, and certainly right here in this interview. But it struck me as, as I'm reading these because you, you had such a long playing career, your broadcasting career has been now way longer uh, ever since you retired from the game, basically. Uh, that has to, I guess, be a point of pride for you. I mean, it's now, what, 25, 26 years of broadcasting, and I know a lot of people uh, appreciate that. Actually, it's about 34 years. It's been, 30, uh, my math is way off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's about, well, you know, I started with the Blue Jays. Uh, actually, I was broadcasting, and Bruce will remember this, I was broadcasting the playoffs All-Star Game of World Series on radio with Tom Cheek and Jerry Howard while I was still playing. And then once I got released in uh, 86, I immediately went into the TV booth and replaced Tony Kubek, uh, who, who, who stayed in Toronto and, and actually worked with a different network. I worked with TSN initially. And I worked 14 years as an analyst for TSN. And then for some reason, I decided to become the manager of the Blue Jays. And that was probably <laughs> one of the worst decisions I ever made. But anyway, I did that for a, a year and a half on a four-year contract. I was let go. And after I came back in 2003, I went to Baltimore for eight years. I worked with Michael Ragai and Jim Hunter and Gary Thorne for the Orioles for eight years and then came back to Toronto in 2010. So I've been uh, broadcasting for the Blue Jays for uh, about 27 years and eight years with the Orioles. So uh, yeah, I've had a much longer broadcasting career than I did as a player. Buck, in closing with you, and, and Mike and I really appreciate it, and, and thanks for your friendship. It's meant a lot to me over these many, many, many years. Um, when you look at your ability to become a broadcaster, to become a color commentator, then to become a noted play-by-play -play guy without a lot of training. Uh, how, how difficult was that? Obviously, you had natural ability going into it, but uh, what are your recommend, recommendations for, for young broadcasters and, and getting out there and being able to do the job? Because uh, it, you're, you're, you and Don Drysdale are about the most unique broadcasters I ever remember that had the ability to just walk right into a booth and feel like you'd been there for 20 years already? Well, you know, it, it might seem like I walked right into the booth, but uh, there were a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And initially when I started, 
You know, Bruce, you'll remember the old uh, cassette tape recorders that uh, people used to pack around, the uh, things that look like a loaf of bread. And uh, I would take one of those with me, and I'd sit on the roof at Dunedin Stadium during spring training and, and do color and play-by-play into the recorder. And then my wife was an actress, and then she suggested I take acting lessons. So I took acting lessons, I took commercial acting lessons, and I took speech pathology I worked with a speech pathologist to uh, help improve uh, my vocabulary, improve my uh, delivery, and a lot of those different things. So, yeah, there were a lot of things that went into it. But probably the most impactful thing I ever did as a broadcaster was I had an opportunity to work with Harry Coyle. And Harry Coyle did the baseball game of the week for 40 years. And he had me at his house in Wayne, New Jersey, and we sat around and looked at video and talked a lot. But he said one thing that I always remember. He said, you're doing television. If you don't have anything to say, don't talk. Because if you're talking all the time, people will turn you off. But if you don't say much and then all of a sudden you say anything, they move closer to the TV to listen. Because they figure if you're saying something, it must be important. And I've always remembered that, and that's helped me a lot. Buck, uh, Mike and I appreciate it so much. Have a great holiday season. Uh, I hope Otani shows up somewhere soon so the, <laughs> um, the, the, the people in my industry don't look like we did yesterday, which is clueless. It's been a great uh, search for this guy, but uh, certainly we hope that there's a conclusion soon. Have a great holiday season with you and your family, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, and I hope Otani understands how much he's holding up the entire holiday season for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Buck. That's Buck Martinez uh, from Blue Jays Television, longtime broadcaster. And, Bruce, I, I did my math wrong. As you can tell, I forgot to carry the one, but he's been broadcasting since the uh, mid-'80s after he retired as a player, uh, national games, and locally, of course, for the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, great to talk to him, a baseball lifer, about uh, the circus that is the uh, free agency uh, recruitment of Shohei Otani. And we'll continue to talk about that more as we continue on in the program. We'll also get into Chicago Bound as our next segment, A Familiar Face, and one of those free agents that's waiting on the Otani domino to drop. So we will find out uh, more about that in our next segment. And also a quick reminder, before Chicago takes on Detroit, tune in tomorrow from 9 to noon. It's the PNC Bank pregame show right here on 670 The Score, presented by your local Ford dealers and Fox Valley Coins. Join Mully, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley. They'll get you set for the game. PNC Bank, official bank of the Chicago Bears. Then immediately following the game, we'll have instant reaction from Mully, Olin, and Pat on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. All of that here on 670 The Score, also on the Odyssey app. We'll do Chicago Bound when we return with a former and perhaps future Cubs outfielder. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, and for David today, it's Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. I'm going to tell you something that you all should know. Chicago is the greatest place I ever know. I'm going to stay in this town. I'm going to live in this town. I'm going to live in Chicago. It's the greatest place around. The Cubs and Sox are off for the winter, but inside the clubhouse starts the hot stove discussion now. Inside the clubhouse takes a look at which free agents and trades the Cubs and Sox should explore. Will they trade for a top pitcher or player? Is free agency the way the North and South Siders go? You help them make the call. 312-644-6767. A lot of right-hand pitching in the game, and you're gonna, you know, it's hard to run out lineups when you know that, you know, a guy with a good slider is gonna give you fits that night, you know, and uh, to have that kind of balance, I think, is really valuable on both sides. I don't think you want to be, especially in Wrigley, that kind of favors righties a little bit. You don't want to be too left-handed, but I do think that you need to be able to to match up and you know, balance the lineup out in a, in a good way. And right now, we're a little imbalanced. Time for our Chicago-bound segment. That was Jed Hoyer at the winter meetings in Nashville. And, Bruce, uh, we're talking about uh, the Cubs and their need of left-handed hitting in a familiar face and it could be uh, still a familiar face, depending on how free agency goes, is our topic in Chicago-bound today. So the tenor changed dramatically from uh, Sunday-Monday to Tuesday-Wednesday with Otani news going about, and then all of a sudden uh, on Wednesday you have Scott Boros doing his usual dog and pony show to 200 <laughs> different media people where he stands on literally on a, on a soapbox and uh, talks to the media as we all shout out questions to him. This goes on every general managers and winter meetings when Boros has free agent, which is every year, and he mm-hmm. dominates for about an hour uh, taking questions. And uh, w- the questions, the as I talked, the, the, the sound of what was shifting was that Bellinger, with the Soto trade going down and being uh, talked about before it went down, the Bellinger people out there, instead of having the Yankees in the marketplace for Bellinger, who needed a left-handed hitter and got Soto, now it's shifted to the Chicago Cubs, the Seattle Mariners, a couple of the other teams that will not get Otani, who need a dominant left-handed bat in the middle of their order. And the shift came 
very strongly for Bellinger and the Cubs. And I can tell, you know, I've dealt with Scott for 35 years. So the way he answers my questions when he has players that he knows he wants to get to Chicago or at least use as leverage, much different than it is when uh, the, the Cubs in his mind or the White Sox in his mind are not going after his players. So he paid an awful lot of attention to my questions, especially about Bellinger. So uh, let's uh, let's go to some sound from uh, Scott Boros talking about the Bellinger free agency and where he might end up. You always hope that major market franchises kind of, every club, there might be five ways to win in the MLB. And every club has its own philosophy and pathway. With the major market teams, they obviously have more rope to carry out different forms of philosophy, whether it be signing major players and also developing from within. And I, I think that Jed's goal is to do both of those. And, and now that they've gone through this period of building up their minor leagues, I think they're ready to look into major free agent talents that allow them to take a step above where they've been the last three or four years. So, Mike... You have Ballinger. You have Hoskins, a free agent first baseman. You have Chapman, a gold glove third baseman as free agent. All have Boros as their agent. So the attention is great. You heard him allude to Jed Hoyer in that soundbite answering my question about Chicago being in on it. His intent uh, here is uh, to get at least a couple of those players the best contract they can in the best place. And I would say there's a really good possibility, Mike, that two out of those three players end up with the Chicago Cubs. I agree. And actually, I would love to see Reese Hoskins uh, come to the Cubs. I'm a fan of him as a player. Loved what he did with Philly. And he can be had. He's not going to be a huge contract guy. He can... Uh, come in on one of those pillow-type deals that the Cubs gave Belly last year, and they have a clear slot at first base for him. They need a first baseman. Uh, so I think that one is a is a great fit. And then on the Bellinger side, you know, I, I always thought in my heart of hearts when the season ended that he would end up in New York. Of course, I was not counting on the Yankees trading for Juan Soto. So that really changes the dynamic considerably. Uh, I think the odds are 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 pretty good. I don't want to say great, but the Cubs are certainly one of the favorites uh, for us to be seeing belly bombs into the right field bleachers uh, for the next number of years there. So the question is, what is it going to cost? Well, you know, it's Scott Boris's job to try to bid it up to 10 years and $30 million a year. That's not going to happen. But what yep. probably is going to happen is the negotiating with the with the Cubs, with Seattle, Probably the San Francisco Giants are going to be bidding strongly for Bellinger as well. They need a star. They need left-handed hitting. They need a guy that can play center field and first base like Bellinger. Who doesn't? So with those three teams involved, Seattle, the Cubs, San Francisco, the bidding is going to go like this. I believe the Chicago Cubs will be in to begin with for about six years at around $25, $26 million, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, depending on how they gauge the market, depending on how the bidding goes, they would like Bellinger to come back. If it gets up to eight, seven, eight years at $28 million, in other words, about $200 million, 
that's when you have to really look uh, hard at what this player has been about uh, at age 28 going to 29 year of age. What will he be able to provide? How does he fit in with you now and in the future? Now, in the case of Bellinger, he's a center fielder and a very good one. Probably should have had uh, some gold glove nomination of some sort. He played terrific center field. The reason I think he didn't, Mike, is because he missed 30 games with an injury. That Mm -hmm. aside, uh, you start him off at age 29. He's your center fielder for the next three years, depending uh, on Pete Crow Armstrong and how he evolves. He can always segue over to another position, left or right, depending on whether Hap or uh, or uh, say are still there. Um, and then he slowly seg- segues into your first baseman for the next three or four years at the end of the deal. That's how you have to look at a Bellinger free agency. That's how you have to look at if you're going to pay him seven or eight years at around $28 million a year. The other side of it, of course, is, you know, interesting in your thoughts on this, Mike, and that is he was a player that uh, had a bunch of down years. He had two really down years Mm -hmm. after being an MVP and a a rookie of the year and an MVP. Uh, Are you convinced that that downside will not return. Is he is he a 300 hitter? Is he a 30 home run hitter? Is he an 100 run producer? Is he a 20 base stealer? Are all of those things, uh, are you guaranteed of all those things if you make the signing? Yeah, I mean, that's the, the million dollar question, right? For Jed Hoyer, or the, in this case, $200 million question or whatever it turns out to be. It, is he Bryce Harper-esque? Is he a guy that, will be the face of your franchise going forward that we can expect exactly what he gave the Cubs this year to be what he gives the Cubs for the next five or six or seven years. Um, I think the answer is yes. I, I'm not a hundred percent sold on that, but I well, you do better think, be if you're the GM. Right? I know. Well, and that's exactly, <laughs> and that's why I'm here and I'm not sitting in Jed Hoyer's seat, but I, I would think, I would like to think that the Cubs and Jed especially have a much better uh, certainty on that, especially if they're going to be uh, in the mix on the bidding for Bellinger. I think the answer to that is yes, Bruce. And I also love the flexibility because, as you mentioned, if Belly turns out to be your center fielder this year, let's say in our in our uh, projection here that the Cubs sign Hoskins and they sign Bellinger, you're going to sign Hoskins for a one-year deal, right? You're going to sign him as a prove-it, he's healthy, come back and then build so he can build his free agency market for next year. You put him at first this year, and then Bellinger can very easily, as you mentioned, very easily slide over and be your first baseman going forward. That, to me, makes a ton of sense, and it gives the Cubs two big bats and that lefty pop that we heard from Jed Hoyer that he said they were missing. Well, the the other thing to consider is where Pete Crow Armstrong is in this equation. Yep. After 19 at-bats last year, I don't care if you're the top executive with the Chicago Cubs or you're the uh, your top minor league uh, executive for the Cubs or any other team. You you have to go on the premise that that was an aberration and that he needs more time in the minor leagues to hone some of his skills. 
he not only didn't hit, which was only, again, 19 at-bats, which is not much, mm-hmm. but uh, he seemed a little bit overmatched when it came to taking routes on baseballs, seemed a little bit overmatched on base running. In other words, a nervous young player coming up during a, a pennant run. You don't hold that against Pete Crow Armstrong. What you do is you do your business, you build in your center fielder, you build in the rest of your lineup, and you send Pete Crow Armstrong back to AAA to uh, dominate for the first three or four months, <clears throat> excuse me, Mike, of uh, 2024, and then figure out where he fits in the equation moving forward. You don't name him your opening day center fielder for 2024. I agree with you on all points, Bruce, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how this Cubs thing plays out because, as we know, right, everything hinges on what Otani does. If the Cubs get him, wonderful. If they don't, then the pivoting begins. And uh, I asked Buck specifically about Matt Chapman because I am a Chapman fan. I'm very uh, uh, interested in what ends up happening to him. Uh, He does have all the connections out there to San Francisco, but... Talk about uh, what a glove that would uh, be in the Cubs infield, with which is already uh, very good up the middle. Putting Chapman at third would be another huge addition if the Cubs choose to go in that direction. Let's take a break, Mike. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Dylan Cease and the White Sox. Is he going somewhere else? Is he staying with the White Sox? Will he bring a big cachet of people back for him? He's Mike. I'm Bruce. It's inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse. Let's see what the Cubs and Sox are doing in the offseason on Sports Radio 670 The Score and always live on the free Odyssey app. And we're going to focus on the Sox here in our final segment of Inside the Clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Mike Esposito as we recap uh, what happened down at the winter meetings. A quick reminder, tune in all day Monday for reaction to Bears versus Lions. Gabe Ramirez live overnight from midnight to 5 a.m., followed by Mully and Haw, Bernstein and Holmes, and Parkins and Spiegel throughout your workday. So hang out with us on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. All of it right here on 670 The Score and the free Odyssey app. Now to the White Sox, Bruce. And uh, we did hear uh, rumblings and trade rumblings uh, from the team over there at the winter meetings. And they did actually make a signing as well. So uh, you were there. Let's uh, let's start with uh, the signing they made. Eric Fetty, uh, a pitcher uh, formerly in the Washington organization. But he had quite a year last year, didn't he? We had quite a year. It was in Korean Baseball League, okay? So quite a difference. It struggled mightily since signing uh, way back when uh, with the uh, Washington Nationals uh, 10 years ago. So from that perspective, his his career never came up to the uh, abilities that they thought he had. He was a number one pick way back in 2014. Fetty, a right-hander, 
kind of resuscitated his career in Korea last year, won 20 games, had huge strikeout numbers, and the White Sox felt good enough about him to give him a two-year $15 million contract as a free agent. He's automatically penciled in to be one of the starting pitchers, depending on what else they do here uh, in this offseason, Mike. But, uh, you know, speaking of pitching, one of the, the main focuses of many teams at the meetings were meetings with the Chicago White Sox about Dylan Cease. Uh, Chris Getz and his people took numerous meetings on Dylan Cease. Getz has not been shy to point out that for the right deal, he has to listen, and for the right deal, he will trade Dylan Cease. Uh, I asked again, uh, as the meetings were drawing to a close on Wednesday, I asked Getz again where the situation is with with Cease and the Chicago White Sox. I don't know if the message needed to be put out there, quite honestly, just because everyone knows how impactful Dylan Cease is in this league. And But the you, know, you have a certain threshold as an organization on the return uh, on someone like Dylan Cease. And, and if there's an opportunity to, to strengthen our club and plug some holes, which we need to do and continue to look for opportunities to do that, we, we have to consider that. Not shy about admitting that he will trade his best pitcher. What, what do you make out of that, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I still think it's more likely than not, Bruce, that Cease ends up uh, being dealt. I would be curious to see uh, if it happens this offseason, though, because we know that this is something that uh, Getz is not going to – he's not going to rush this, right? As he, as he mentioned and as you mentioned, this is not something that has to happen – this is something that uh, could happen and that you would think the White Sox as a rebuilding team would do and they would get quite a haul from Cease. But this is also a team that, as you also just mentioned, has no starting pitching. I mean, Eric Fetty was signed as uh, one of those guys, but uh, Cease could certainly, I mean, it's very possible that he starts the season with the Sox and then it becomes a trade deadline thing. But uh, we, we just don't know at this point. But I, I, I still would be curious, to, you know, what uh, the White Sox, the asking price by all accounts, and you tell us, uh, as you were uh, there reporting, uh, the asking price is said to be very high. Well, right now they're in the listening mode. Uh, you know, Cincinnati uh, uh, let it be known that the White Sox were going to want probably four of their top ten uh, guys. But at this point in time, mm-hmm. as far as I know, uh people I talk to, they're listening to other offers from other teams. So you have the Dodgers, you have the Baltimore Orioles, you have uh, the Atlanta Braves, and you have the Cincinnati Reds as teams that are known that are having meetings with the White Sox about Dylan Cease. Uh, The idea that Cease makes it uh, to um, opening day, I think, is unrealistic, Mike. Uh, I think he Mm -hmm. gets traded. And the reason why is if if you go into the season... There's, there's always a risk of injury. And for a team that's rebuilding like the Chicago White Sox, they can't afford a, a top commodity like Cease to get injured and then have their plans altered. You have two years of Dylan Cease under control if you trade for him. More importantly to some teams, big or small market, he's going to make only $8.8 million this year. Yep. The most he can make next year is probably 13 or 14 million if he has a great year in his last year of arbitration. So 
23 million over two years for a strikeout pitcher who has not missed a start since 2019 makes him, outside of Yamamoto, the number one pick to go out there and acquire by these teams. You are going to have to give up an awful lot to get Dylan Cease. And I just gave you a bunch of reasons why that has yep. to happen. Now, again, uh, if you hold on to him, you run a lot of risks, okay? That, that is not what you want to do. It's not like you don't want Dylan Cease, but you have to be an organization that, that knows their limitations. Their limitations right now, Mike, is that they are among the bottom teams in baseball with a chance to make some great trades like they did for Bummer and like they mm-hmm. hoped to for Cease, like they hoped to for Eloy, bring mm-hmm. in 10 new players into the organization, resuscitate the team, and the quickest way back to contention is to load up on young pitchers from o- other organizations. That's their intent. That's how they're going. That's their model out there right now. Keep your eye on the White Sox and Dylan Cease. They will trade him some at some point this offseason. And, and last uh, question for you, as we only have a minute or two left. Luis Robert, under a, a team-friendly contract, but also one of the best players in baseball and uh, very reasonably contracted based on what free agents are getting. Uh, does Luis Robert, in your mind, stay with the White Sox? No, no, he's a generational player right now. I, I would say if he had played, Mike, on a team that had guys getting on base last year, his year would have been 45 home runs, 125 RBI, mentioned right there in the MVP with Otani as the best player in the game. At his age, with his contract, you don't trade a position player like Louis Robert. That just doesn't happen. All right. Well, that's uh, certainly reassuring. I know Sox fans would be glad to hear it. And uh, Bruce, a fine program today. And thank you for all your efforts down there in Nashville at the winter meetings. Yeah, we thank Tyler, our great producer, for doing a fantastic job. Buck Martinez, the great broadcaster from Toronto, the newest Hall of Famer. Jim Leland joined us as well. Mike, uh, you had a lot of fun doing with with you as always. Look forward to next week where we'll have an extra half hour, an hour and a half of Inside the Clubhouse next week. People can follow me on Twitter, MLB Bruce Levine, and at our website, writing Cubs and Sox at 670thescore.com. Have a great week, Mike. You too, Bruce. It's been a pleasure doing the show with you again. You can follow me on Twitter at Espo670. And stick around. Coming up next for Saturday Suckage, special Suckage guest, Gabe Ramirez, in for Steve Rosenblum, and he'll lead you into DePaul basketball. All that coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 